You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we break break it all down. All right, you know we love terpenes, which is why we're jamming with Nevada's terpene-rich, naturally-flavored cannabis oil vaporizers that allow you to curate your high with their mind-body series. They provide you with six experiences that range from full mind to full body. So, Saab, tell the people about the flavors. So, each vaporizer has an enticing flavor profile like strawberry, tangerine, Tropical, lime, blueberry, and wild grape. I've personally been rocking with the Mind's Dominant Tangerine Vaporizer lately, and the major terpene is terpenaline, and I've enjoyed it while hiking in the outdoors and just being active in general. And for me, the Blueberry Vaporizer that's body dominant is what I've been enjoying, and the top terpene is limonene, which is great for relaxing my body and uplifting my mind. So whether you're a seasoned smoker or you're someone new, everyone should be able to enjoy the full spectrum of wellness mindfulness and fun that cannabis brings to life. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with one of our homies. He's been in the cannabis industry for about two years now. I think this month is actually his two year. And him and his team have created some really unique concepts in OKC. We were really excited to dive in deeper with him and his journey with patients, as a patient, as a dispensary owner, and as a glass connoisseur. So guys, please welcome Morgan to the Cannabis Hangout. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> hey, Morgan. Hello. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. We so appreciate it. Um, let's just jump right to it. Tell us your first cannabis experience and what it was like. Ooh, first cannabis experience was the year I was 16. I don't think, yeah, I did not have my driver's license yet. had like my permit, mm-hmm. 4th of July, at this apartment. Um, shout out Leslie Wood. <laughs> Shout out yeah, Leslie. Just, he just had it there, and uh, I've been a friend of mine's older sister. Always kind of did yeah. it in the garage, and uh, always was curious and did it. And the fireworks show that was amazing. <laughs> wow, that was what a great time! Too. I know it was like a perfect time with the fireworks show. I know, like now I look at fireworks, and I'm like, holy shit! But being a kid and getting high for the first time, yeah, can only mm-hmm. imagine what that was that like. Experience. Yeah, I, I th- this I turned 35 Sunday, so it's a Half my life. I've been yeah. doing this more than half my life now. So at what point did it become more than just getting high and more like medicine for you? Uh, well, I guess the point of it when I realized, holy shit, this actually works. And by work, I mean I was in high school at that point just struggling to make C's and B's. Um, and uh, my biggest problem was always like having to – read something and comprehend it and then and then do say a test or meet mm-hmm. same here yeah same I get it. <laughs> uh and so I, I the reading part was always it and so when I was over at my friend's house after of doing that on the 4th of July mm-hmm. I asked her I was like hey can I smoke that and then I remember that night actually reading a book wow. on that couch mm-hmm. and <clears throat> then doing some homework with it and I was like damn this actually kind of slowed me down me pay attention a little mm. bit more mm-hmm. and uh from there 
I was like, holy shit, I can make a little money off that. Then I graduated high school and had a little house in Midwest City and was going to Rose State College and had a had a little bit of weed with me at the time. Nice. Yeah. Wow, yeah. look at you now. I know. A lot of weed with you all the time. <laughs> that being said, Morgan, tell us what high voltage is and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, um, high voltage is something, I mean, just what I just kind of said, mm-hmm. I, I, I have always kind of been a salesman and selling things is just comes second nature to me. And right. so when I find things I like and say can maybe buy in bigger bulk and then sell, that was obviously just natural with cannabis. And mm-hmm. so um, when it went legal here, I had a job that I thought I was going to retire at, so to speak. I enjoyed it um, because it was good money. It was sales and um, it was a great company that had been around forever. Okay. So I just knew there was a good structure there and cannabis went legal. So a bunch of my friends jump into the industry, some successful, some not. But then with the job that I had, I could tour the whole state do sales calls, mm-hmm. but then as a patient, I could go pop in on all these places that are literally opening up for the first time. Took a real good list of, hey, these are dues, these are don't. Sorry, yeah. I just had an no, Ojai. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Ojai. <laughs> oh, burpee. And uh, so had a really good list of things mm-hmm. to do, not to do. Um, and then I just, I, I have a really kind of crazy story about how me and my partner came together, but. Uh, Seeing he was in the plaza district, had a really big spot for what he did. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of made sense. Hey, if I could do this there, this is the place that I mm-hmm. can't think of anywhere else to do it at. And uh, that's when we opened up High Voltage. Amazing. And if you guys haven't been to High Voltage, it's a really dope spot in Oklahoma City. But we'll get down to the nitty-gritties of that in just a little bit. Um, For those of you listening that aren't from Oklahoma, we're a pretty open state when it comes to regulation. So to put it in perspective, there's over 2,000 dispensaries in our home state. With that being said, Morgan, what's it like being a dispensary owner in such a saturated market? Um, It's very tough. Um, It really is. It's very tough. I I say this quite a bit. I feel like you have to reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. three times a week um, just because there is such a saturated market. And I don't ever want to say you shouldn't open up or chase your dreams or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I am now starting to say there could be another creative way to do it than just opening up a dispensary um, to be a part of cannabis. Mm-hmm. That is, because there is just so, so many. And, uh, and I've now seen people that kind of had the passion and drive like I did, put all that money into it, mm-hmm. but then just didn't maybe do a couple of Things right, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and it just now is everything's fallen, but yet they still have that love that I even have. But I, uh, I really feel like location is everything on some mm-hmm. some levels to it, um, and that's why I do love my location so. Yeah, much that's. Right I now. mean, location is really important because with how many dispensaries that are in the area, really, like even what you're next to, what you place yourself next to, is plays such a big part. Because if you place yourself next to businesses that are like. I say boring businesses like a bank or, you know, something like that, you're less likely to be seen versus if you park yourself next to like a food or a bar or something like that where people are constantly going in and out. It really does make or break a business. And if you're not in a good location, you have to build based on loyalty. Yep. And shout out to the Plaza District because we are a district. We have to pay dues Mm -hmm. and we get to have that weekly meeting. Yeah. And that is a a, a big secret to my sauce, I think. Yeah. Which is really cool when you're, yeah, Mm -hmm. when you have that community within a bigger community, your micro community, I guess, that can help you out and support you in more ways to help you be successful. And by 
recreate the wheel, I meant specifically on deals because mm-hmm. everyone's got almost the same stuff. So how right. can you get creative? And then now with me having Glass Bunker open next door, um, a glass shop that we really try to find artists that are onesie twosie artists, not mm-hmm. just someone that is doing, you know, massive numbers of the same thing. And, um, but to be able to collaborate with that store yeah. next door, um, I have that little bit of an advantage I feel like too. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's always that's nice. Good. So you have a really unique concept in your dispensary. It's like a dope tiny bunker that's classic but also futuristic in its own way. And then it has the feel of an Apple store where patients actually are full, in full control of their experience. They get to touch things. They get to really take ownership of the product that they're buying. What was your thinking behind that? Yes. So uh, a couple of things. Again, when I was like touring the state on my other job, I was like, all these places are too big. Um where, um, don't get me wrong, if you can support a huge open sales floor, so mm-hmm. to speak, yes. um, I'm all for that. But then even some of the places you go in, they're so big, but they still won't let you touch anything. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah. keep your phone in your pocket and that type of vibe. So I was like, you know, we're going to build this because we only had limited size to build and work in. I was like, let's do it to where the customers can come back, put their hands on product if they want to, mm-hmm. and not kind of just automatically feel like you have to ask for everything or, um, you know, it being the bud tender's hands. Yeah. 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 It's a really, I mean, it's a really cool experience. I feel like to be able to go in and I remember walking into high voltage for the first time and I was like, holy shit, you can just come in here and touch what you want. (laughs) Like that's cool. And it just really gave me ownership of wanting to buy my own stuff. So anytime I'm in there, I'm like, I have to put my hands behind my back because I want to buy so many things. (laughs) And it's cool because it's like, the butt tender's there to ask for questions, but it's never, you don't feel like pressured by the butt tender when you're there, which I feel like is a huge thing in dispensaries that right. sometimes I'll go into dispensaries and they're just standing there looking at me and I'm like, well, sure. fuck, I feel pressured to buy something when I don't even want to yes, buy anything. And in this case, they're like, okay, if you want help, we'll help you. But if not, then like do your thing. And if you yeah. feel like you don't want anything, you're welcome to just walk out. Right. And it's like, have a great day. Yep. No more, no no less, which is I think is awesome. It's really yeah. cool. I feel like that goes in like hand in hand with being a dispensary owner. So like how would you say being a business owner, how what's been like the most fulfilling thing with like your time in the industry? Um there's very, very many. Um most fulfilling thing I I would say most recently yeah. is um being able to improve people that say came from a different type of culture, yes. same industry, but mm-hmm. a different type of say management ownership culture. And, um, I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I just seeing how they're so responsive of just mm-hmm. like, and grateful that to work there and that, you know, they're just like, man, I, I never, I, they always feel like it, they can always talk to me about yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Like a what, home, what, yeah, kind yeah. of like a second home feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Family. just recently I had someone leave me that's been with me since Jump, mm-hmm. and he, his passion is cars, yeah. working on cars, and so he finally kind of got that dream job that I would never be able to pay him that much yeah. or give him that mm-hmm. thing that ticks, right. like what my job is. Mm-hmm. And uh, But just to hear some of the things he said about how, um, because I've never owned anything. I've never yeah. had to have employees, so... Um, it was that was that was very fulfilling. Yeah, I could see that being fulfilling when you get, I mean, positive feedback. So, with that being said, do you? Because I know you're very, you have a very tight knit team. You guys are a very tight knit family, and like everyone's all hands on deck all the time, which I think is really admirable. 
when you bring somebody new on the team, I for me, I could I would be protective to protect the rest of my team as well and the energy that comes with a new person. What is there a process that you go through when, you know, you're bringing somebody new on? I'm sure this will change. Yeah. Everyone that has came on board since jump when mm-hmm. we first opened, there was a couple of people that I hired that I didn't really know from Adam, but they weeded themselves out very quick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And just cause they just didn't have that same kind of culture we did. But either way, almost everyone that works for glass bunker or high voltage has came from a re- reference or referral from someone that works at glass bunker or high voltage. Okay. And that's so, nice. yeah. So you can trust the people that are coming yeah, through. You feel like instantly yeah. you have that some level of trust without yes. not having yeah. any. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, we're a lean crew. We don't have uh, a manager sitting in the back with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a manager in the front and then two bud tenders just kind of sitting there. It's, everyone it's like, wears all the, all the same. I like, yeah. It's like a, you guys are all creatives in your own way. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of, you're, yeah. it operates as people who are creative would operate. Like, yeah. that's kind of how yeah. I see it, you know? Yeah, it's Whatever. like a creative, it's a creative dispensary. I wouldn't just call it's it like for, a normal it's dispensary. Not for, it's not for everybody uh-uh. either, which I think that's pretty unique. To, yeah. Because, like, you know, there's a whole other feeling to, like, management. Sure. Yeah. Feeling like you're really being watched under someone's wing, mm-hmm. you know? Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners or self-sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So here's a question. Um, What's like because I was on the purchasing end of product, and that's something that's very, if you don't have a good flow, if you don't have a good eye, if you overbuy, if you underbuy, I mean, underbuying isn't really a problem, but like all the things, I'm sure you've gone through a lot of trial and error. What's that been, what's that journey been like for you? Has that been like a really big challenge um, in regards to buying and like making sure, because patients are so picky, like one day they want one thing, but the next day they want a completely different thing. So to keep them on their toes while also being mindful, because at the end of the day, you're a business and it, it does cost a lot of money to purchase you do product have to make money. and yes to buy product. So yeah. how is the, what's that process been like for you? Yeah, um, I know it seems like and if you're a seller, if mm-hmm. you're a wholesaler or processor grower or whatever, it seems like there are a lot of people that have their ducks in a row, meaning they'll like to call ahead, hey, who's the purchasing manager or whatever? Can we schedule a time? And then that's where I think we might be a little different. I'm like or my staff will be like, we don't, we don't do scheduled times. Mm-hmm. We're open 10 to 10 every day. And everyone that anyone that is there is capable of purchasing product. Um, now, most of the times they don't unless, you know, they just know got to have it. We've been needing it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, that they'll come in, meet with one of the bud tenders or managers and they'll be like, yeah, I like this product. We'll let you know tomorrow. And then they'll pass it down to me and we'll kind of go from there. Um, I will say that uh, another thing that I'd like to just kind of address is the delivery times. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
I, I almost don't care if someone comes in on a Friday at 9 a.m. if they're trying to sell me something and they're not being obnoxious and, you know, normally the, normally they're not. They'll wait yeah. on customers, whatever. But delivery on Friday at 9 p.m., I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no other businesses out there except delivery at 9 p.m. Yeah, but, like, why are we also delivering weed at 9 p.m.? Exactly. Like, why are the delivery drivers having to drive around that yeah, late? Exactly. That's no. And I do get it if they're, like, someone, you know, from Tulsa and they've been doing mm-hmm. laps all day and we're the last spot. But definitely communication is key there. But a lot of times they'll just show up, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at 8, 9 p.m. wanting thousands of dollars. And that's just one thing I've always wanted to address is yeah. let's, let's stick to just kind of normal 6 p.m. can be fine, but, yeah. you know, a lot of times after that, different safes are locked and different mm-hmm. money isn't open to... Yeah, and I'm sure out. you probably are trying to set it up to where you don't have to work weekends yeah, as much. I mean, that's good feedback, too. Yeah, that like, really, I mean, it really is. Every dispensary owner has, you know, their little things and stuff, but, like, uh-huh. I think that's good for people to know and to take note of. It's, right. a, it's kind of respect. It's yeah. a respect It's thing. like common courtesy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So here's something I want to talk... There's just random questions popping mm-hmm. in my little mind, but metric. Talk to me about metric. So mm. people, for those of you that are listening, because metric affects patients, but indirectly. So it's better for patients because it's a seed to sale tracking system. So as soon as the seed is put into the ground, it has an RFID tag that's tagged until the moment it is put into your hands, which is cool because if a batch is incorrect or something happens or whatever, you can track it back to when the seed was put into the ground. So Morgan, what's that look like from a dispensary standpoint? And has that affected you in a negative or positive way? Um, Let me say this also, metric has not gone into play. So some people are doing it. Some people aren't. It's kind of, it's, we're in a really weird gray area at the moment in Oklahoma. Yes. Um, I guess it's, I, I have mixed thoughts and opinions about it. Um, I'm kind of that person that's for less government. Um, as soon as you give more power, you'll never get it back. Mm-hmm. And um, we already have to do pretty stringent reporting through OMMA. And um, don't get me wrong, this would be kind of that maybe place of that, Mm -hmm. which is fine, but metric was just given all of this contract without any other companies that are just like metric, Um, just like if there's any government agency that is buying something from the public, there's bids and there's multiple people allowed to cast bids on that job. So metric just immediately won it and then just immediately started throwing out these demands. I am not going to front. I got so scared because we are going through all these meetings and uh, my purchasing manager made some and I wasn't able to make some others. And we talked to some other business owners and we got all, we never got a straight answer. Um, and so I bought the maximum tags when really, which was like 1500 tags, yeah. $1,500, something like that. 3000. I, I can't remember the number, but I needed a fraction of mm-hmm. that um, to go live and so, yes, that was my mistake for not understanding it clearly. But yet I, I tried to call metric and say, hey, this isn't happening. Plus, we bought way too much and mm-hmm. they gave zero. They It was almost like, ah, we got you too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that, that didn't. So I'm still sitting there with and since all we these are, tags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, you know, officially does not happen. 
going to come out with the sickest little auction piece of art that we're going to make out of these so, sticker tags. <laughs> so, I, I love that you already have an idea, oh, which yeah. is the creative in you, which goes back to how much we love creativity. I love that. Okay, so what is something you say you take pride in when it comes to your dispensary from what can and what can patients in Oklahoma that are listening always expect whenever they come to High Voltage? Um, this might be just kind of basic, but... That's okay. Um, most affordable price and fastest service, if necessary. And what I mean by that is, you got to understand, I was a patient for a year and a half before mm-hmm. this, and I had my five, six spots that I always would go to, but every one of those spots, I knew exactly what I wanted, mm-hmm. and I had to sit there and wait, I mean, sometimes 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so we really do pride ourselves. The patients are being a lot more educated now. I wouldn't just say there's people just flooding into Oklahoma that have mm-hmm. never tried cannabis before. So we, we will we'll educate every chance we can. Mm-hmm. But meaning there, I feel like the way majority of the patients now know what they want and if they can just order it or come in and tell us what they want and be in and out. And yeah. I kid you not, under a minute sometimes. Yeah. Um, that that was something that's that everything yeah, yeah. efficiency is people everything love convenience yeah efficiency yeah because i'm sure you have your people that love you guys that love to come chop it up and yeah. we'll hang out and we'll let other patients go before them because they know the drill sure. but like i love going into high voltage because it's super easy i hate being in a dispensary longer than i have to be and it's nice because yes. i get in there like what can we help you with i get my shit and i'm out and, and i say this quite a bit we don't at high voltage yet manufacture anything mm-hmm. um so we're selling stuff that any other dispensary normally can sell. And so to me, just being a, a consumer my whole mm-hmm. life, price point, value is uh, means most to me when, yeah. I, when I'm a customer. So mm-hmm. I always try to pride myself that we have the best deals, um, best best prices, and mm-hmm. we're, we're the fastest service when necessary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get my weekly high-voltage text messages. Never go unmissed. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> so let's flip the script just a little. You and your team have recently opened a dope space next to high-voltage called Glass Bunker, which you touched on. First of all, the name is so sick. It literally is another part of a bunker. Um, I got to check it out last week, and it's exactly what you'd think, a bunker full of glass. Such such a dope vibe in there. The pieces are all so unique. And I'm recently coming into the glass world of cannabis, and it's very fascinating to see how much people invest into that culture. Morgan, tell us a little bit about Glass Bunker and your thought process behind creating this brand and the need for it in our market. Yes. So um, with opening up high voltage, the cool thing that Oklahoma wrote the law about versus I was patient in Denver. I've owned a medical card in California is I would always fly into Denver, go to green source. And then I would have to be like, oh my God, where am I going to go buy a little hand pipe? Obviously Mm -hmm. I got to go get some papers or blunt sticks or whatever, where now we can sell all that in under one house. So with that being said, when I opened up high voltage, I started selling some imported glass. I'll just be frank. That was what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. And that just kept growing and growing. And then the demand and the feedback from our customers was, Hey, um, have you ever seen this artist or, um, is there any way we could ever get this piece? And that's when I met a couple artists on Instagram, Okay, just chopped it up online from there, bought a couple of pieces, actually designed a piece with, I can't believe he was so, um, you know, responsive to me for just how small of a person I was here in mm-hmm. Oklahoma, but Derek Boro boy, he's one of my fair, favorite little glass artists. And we collaborated on a couple pieces. So. And that one piece was like, I mean, it was five thousand dollars, and so I just kept that money kind of rolling, and then, um, and then it came to the point where 
the glass was almost coming to us, taking up more spot spaces, yeah. spaces in my THC. Yeah. And so um, it made sense to open up the spot next door. And I'm not going to front. I, it's not like I knew about heady, heady glass mm-hmm. three years ago. I uh, I didn't. Yeah. I, I just was a big cannabis consumer. I always liked electronic products. I always kind of yeah, had, yes. like, uh, I had a, I remember back in the day, an AC adapter into my Mustang that was a jewelry box that you opened up and it was a vaporizer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like vaporizer <laughs> kit that looked like a jewelry box. That's a um, great visual yeah, if I've ever had like, one. Yeah, you could hide it <laughs> um, pretty easy. But Dope. anyway, so that just has been, um, yeah, it's cool to be able to have all the other art and culture that comes with cannabis, yeah, but then right. not have the taxes that do come with yeah, cannabis. Yeah. Yes. So how do you choose, like, the artists you want to work with and, like, the pieces? Is it, is it like, based off of, like, your taste and, like, your, you know, kind of how, you know, you, you're saying you picked out stuff based off how you liked it? Yeah. Are your glass pieces like that? Like, how do you do that? I think that's definitely how it started. And then now, I'll be honest, there's some stuff where I'm like, I would never want to have that at my house uh, yeah I, there's some really random stuff out yeah, there right. but yet there's people out there that want that yes. so now I could do not old school way copy paste you just go in the dms and just boom okay just kind of sell who you are hey I'm 35 year old entrepreneur opened up a glass shop in Oklahoma you know yeah, just have yeah. that little you know couple paragraphs mm-hmm. and just see who responds yeah a lot of these glass artists have it years waiting list. I mean, really? I have wow. some deposits now that I will not get until 2024. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Are most of your artists, wow. like, or would you say, like, how? what's the majority of, like, Oklahoma-based versus yeah. other places? Great question. And that's why, yes, that's what we're really trying to do. We're really trying to do f- local artists yeah. first, mm-hmm. uh, meaning throw as much money to them, yeah. s- keep their books as full as they want mm-hmm. with work for us here locally, and then um, outside of that, it's just you know one or two pieces here and there. Yeah, as, as some badass artists. You wow. like, yeah. yeah. So when you put down these deposits, are mm-hmm. you just putting down a deposit to hold a place for a piece, or do you already have a piece? Also, yeah. Normally, it's the first. Normally you're just you're holding your place. Wow. And they'll contact you, and I'll say, uh, I'll say, forty nine out of fifty, you do get to choose. Say. The design, mm-hmm. you rarely get to choose the color or, wow. you know, you can add mm-hmm. some little opals or something to it. You can suggest that. Yeah. Very you. rarely is it like, I want it this way. I want this. I want you this. You get what you this. get. Yeah. It's kind of. Wow. That's pretty, that's kind of scary to put money down like years in advance for something that you, you know, that mm-hmm. it really is. And yeah. it's so, we are so untapped into it. So there's so many questions that flood my mind because it's like. I can't fathom putting down money for something that doesn't even exist yet and won't for another five years, you know? It is. And I just did this year go out to uh, Vegas to this glass show and Mm -hmm. got to meet a lot of them that I had had these conversations on Instagram with and then put a face in front of it. And that was awesome. But, um, yeah, to hear back from them who's been in the game for 15, 10 years. And I'm just just new to this. They're like, the glass market is so crazy where they're like, this is our time to shine because they've been doing it for 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. And then now. It's coming out. It's like coming out in the light. Where you used to maybe. You know, a couple of years ago, most of these artists, you could yeah. 
individually DM them. They'll make you an individual. Now they're mm-hmm. like, nope, it's glass shops only because that's, that's just so, how their brands That's freaking cool. What a niche. Yeah, like it's, it and really I, is. I know how much time and effort goes into making glass, so kudos to all the glass blowers out there because yep. y'all are fucking killing it. Yep. And wow. It, any glass artists out there that follow this podcast that yeah. would love to get some work into Glass Bunker, we would love to have your work. Cool. Yeah, seriously, y'all. It's a good invitation. Yeah, hell yeah. You guys know we love talking about new brands in the market. So, Meet Dazed. Their products are handcrafted, so every one of their infused pre-rolls is packed by hand, not a machine, which I know every flower smoker can appreciate. They also take time to perfect their mix with live resin, keef, and indoor flower into every single joint. Dazed is veteran-owned, which we love, and they take huge pride in being a brand that the everyday person can afford with quality while keeping Oklahoma groovy. Check on Weed Maps to find Dazed in your local Oklahoma dispensary. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So a lot of your pieces are super unique, and people think it's crazy to spend hundreds slash upwards of thousands of dollars on glass. What do you think about that process, that thought process? Because it's really beautiful pieces of art, in my opinion, but also so much money to spend on something that can be kind of broken so easily. It's scary. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that question can relate to just art in general. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other brands that I'm partnered in is Hicks Design, and it's been here in Oklahoma forever. They do the most highest in leather goods bags, purses, wallets, anything that you can think of, um, they do the highest level of quality. And what I mean by that is like, take for instance, a Louis Vuitton purse, you match that up next to our Hicks purse. Once you're there in front of it and you took all the labels off, you would choose the Hicks purse every single time. But yet when we try to put a price tag that's even close to say that Louis Vuitton price point, yes, you have... 50% of the people are going to yeah, say name. something about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where I feel like quality, um, you know, sometimes gets mm-hmm. overlooked on, on certain things. Yes. And I, it goes to say for glass as well, mm-hmm. because you could have this exact same size, maybe color, have that same kind of sparkle mm-hmm. um, that you could get off DH Gate, Alibaba, mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah. Um, for say fifty, sixty, hundred dollars, and then you can have that exact same style, weight, look, all almost dead similar, and it be an American-made artist, and it be two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, that's why I do almost even like on my THC mm-hmm. side, high voltage. I have these check marks of new, you know, new products coming in. Do they pass all these check marks? You almost kind of. That's important. That. Yeah, I feel well, like that's really important in bringing in new products. That's what when I was purchasing, mm-hmm. that's what I did with growers with product. Like what, what need do you fill on my shelf? What yes. kind of page? How not just one patient, but how many patients can you target in like one you know section of mm-hmm. my store? Yeah, that's yes. important to have, and I know patients appreciate stuff like that too. Yeah, sure. but yeah, the the art part is part that costs the most is, right. is the yeah. artist and and their tech mm-hmm. and um i've never blown glass but i am already planning in the fall to do a couple of little that's things. cool yeah. yeah and i really would love to get my partner kyle um behind the torch shout I out to kyle in due time i know it. yeah for sure so do you feel like the oklahoma market is where it i shouldn't say needs to be but where you thought it would be when you opened up glass bunker um, in regards to like the advancements of glass because, I mean, we smoke all the time, but for 
Like that walking in the glass bunker was so foreign to me. Sure. It felt like the last time I went into a glass store that was similar to that was in Denver mm-hmm. and walking in and seeing 50, 100,000 pieces in there. I was like, what the, f-? like, right. why would you even this? smoke out of that? But now going into your glass shop and having more understandment mm-hmm. and their understanding of like glass and how special it is and how just the whole beauty of it. Do you feel like the Oklahoma market is where a lot of other places are? Um, I feel like the the demand for glass per se, if we're going to just say, talk about glass on that is, uh, I think there's a massive demand for my style of shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, it's, it's also one of those deals where I feel like Oklahoma gets a lot of, doesn't matter what it is, culture, the last, yes. um, the music, the last, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get the McDonald's toys, the last, <laughs> you know, the Happy Meals. You know, That's freaking like, real. Yeah, you're like, Space real. Jam's has been out for a month, and we're still with the regular kids' <laughs> meal toys. I got kids now, so you got to hunt down those, those Space Jam McDonald's toys. But, uh, <laughs> Space Jam McDonald's. But yeah, we always get stuff last, yeah, so yeah. I feel like if you've kind of, you know, especially say you've never smoked a joint outside of this state mm-hmm. um, and you've just only had your medical card here, you're going to, yeah, maybe walk into my shop and be like, what is this? And how does mm-hmm. someone afford to pay that or whatever? But yet when I go into LA or um, Denver mm-hmm. and go to all those yeah. glass shops, I'm like, this, this, we, Oklahoma needs yes. this. Yeah. Needs this. Yeah. It's a big, I feel like it's yeah. a pretty decent part of our culture that's missing at the moment. Yes. That, so people like you are bridging that gap and we want to be yes it's glass bunker glasses are but we want to do all toward types of culture Mm -hmm. art and um really we kind of designed it to where it can have that new york style window front Mm -hmm. so we want to do a big immersive drop here sooner than later when we find the right artist and let's just say for instance it's uh rj he's a very he does rainbows and clouds Mm -hmm. and stuff like that we want to really redesign that whole space, the front, the whole place to be an immersive, um, immersive drop for them. Yeah. And it'd be a whole kind of experience for all the customers that come in, say for that month. Mm-hmm. You guys are really good with coming out with like creative ways to engage. You're, you're always going to be evolving. Yeah. Like, which is really cool. I feel like y'all, it's cool to have such a creative team within yes, your team because I feel like all of you guys bring such different pieces to the it's table true. And even with your merch that you come out with, it, with every little thing that High Voltage does, Glass Bunker does, it's all so unique to you guys. And I feel like you guys really do sense. pour all into it, like all hands on deck. Yeah. Everyone's here till they're gone. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really cool to see. I feel like not a lot of not the a culture. lot of teams are like that. And it's dope that you guys have a such such a tight knit team. And that's important because that's how you continue on to the next level. Thank you very much. That's Shout out to the high voltage yeah. glass bunker Hicks design team. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are killing and, it. You know, we haven't even talked about Donnie, my friend Donnie, but um, we also have a cannabis law office. Shout uh, out I mean, to Donnie. It's crazy to say, but yeah, we have obviously high voltage dispensary, Donnie Guys Cannabis Law Firm. With, I mean, it's a firm. There's mm-hmm. multiple attorneys under that roof. And then um, Hicks design in the back and then glass bunker on the other side. Still. They got a many person team. It's crazy how many things you can fit into that little. I know. So you guys have really like taken advantage of that little space. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, dope. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so to flip the script just a little bit, um, family wise, what, um, your family, everything you do, you're you're really involved in the cannabis industry. 
Um, so how are you open with that with your family about your consumption and all that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, um, good question. So I've been with my wife 11 years next month. Um, we, uh-huh. hey, we got married um, going on six years. And um, we uh, when we were dating, boy, I had the rolling tray in the <laughs> living room on the, on the, on the ottoman. And then that slowly changed um, to the garage. And, uh, but that was still flower bowl days, you know. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So I get it. I didn't, I, I understood. Um, but then when we moved from that little house to this other little apartment, actually, I didn't really have an outside space. And that's when I started doing wax, yeah. wax dabs. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, Man, this doesn't smell that bad. Well, then she like threw me in the extra uh, bathroom. And so did it in there. But then <laughs> she threw she me. She threw you. <laughs> now I have the bathroom with the vent, the good vent yeah, and everything. Yeah, the good vent, yeah. Um, but, uh, but then now um, at my house, two boys, um, I have my little corner nook in the garage. And Dope. then um, I also like to, on my days off, give them love and kiss them to school and work. And then I like to get really high and get in my sauna. You love your sauna. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting in my sauna. And, okay. Uh, but... No, no smoking in the sauna. Just yeah, it sounds intense. Yeah. That sounds too intense yeah. to be in a sauna. So okay. And pass out real quick. I have no interest <laughs> in doing that. <laughs> yeah, so that that's my, I, I like doing that. But yeah, um, uh, my son, uh, I, I can't wait to talk to him about cannabis and yeah. that type of deal. But yeah. he knows me as a glass salesman. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> I love actually, that. He's turned pre-K, just started pre-K. Amazing. And I already gave him that box of chocolate to take home, start selling and amazing sold the whole box yeah of course you did day. of yeah. course he did he takes after his hustler. father a little hustler <laughs> <laughs> he's teaching him right so with that you're a dad you're a can of parent it's always often frowned upon which is so silly in our opinion what advice would you have for parents who are looking to consume but afraid to fall into the stigma hmm. um man you know you almost just gotta not give a fuck yeah and real but, but also be modest about it mm-hmm. um you know don't go on your personal instagram that you doing all the pictures with the kiddos and family and then just be doing you know yeah. separate it start mm-hmm. your new little cannabis page if that you know um but um you know don't don't blow smoke in the house go out in the garage there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong against that i i really think it's a little tacky to just do that when there's just kids running around mm-hmm. but they, each their own yeah, just yeah, meaning sure. mm-hmm. you can separate it yeah absolutely um and uh but you know i'll be honest with you uh i have my parents in in my personal relationship they they do not care for what i do mm-hmm. and um that was my biggest little struggle making that jump to open up high voltage that was my biggest hurdle was mm-hmm. that my parents approval and i finally had to swallow it and say you know what i'm gonna do me Mm -hmm. this is obviously a part of my life and thank so thankful for my wife and her side being so absolute that's a big deal yeah um chase my dream do it i know you have it and so um i i had to just say yeah uh, you know i hate to say this about my parents but i had to say fuck what you think this is what i want to do and this is what makes me tick and make me happy so have they come around uh no not yet you know it 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 takes it takes some time. It'd be like that. It really do. I feel like it, me breaking that stigma with my parents, I'm the first one to consume with my, I say consume, but we ate a gummy together. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that he even did that. I'm the first one who saw my mom like be really stoned and like she was freaking out. Yes. But like 
going through these this journey with my parents, I'm the first one to break a lot of the stigmas that everyone in our family has had. And I'm the only one that's openly said like, hey, I consume and I do it for this X, Y, and Z reasons and you can't really tell me anything. I'm the first one to start a cannabis podcast with my best friend. So it's cool to, yes. sometimes it just, they just have to do it in their own way. And sometimes they don't because it's just the ignorance yeah. of what they don't know. I about to say, I can yeah. see the other side of that. Sometimes yeah. people are just stuck in their ways and mm-hmm. have no hope for them. So I understand right. that <laughs> yeah, dark part it, too. I, yeah. I, I do yeah. hope they'll come around. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. course, I hope they come always, around. Yeah. Always, always being hopeful. I just, yeah. I just um, you know, it, it, it still has been a little tough and is always yeah. still on the back of my mind. Of course, yeah. of course. That's not... Well, and, you're doing good. Yeah, you're killing it. Yeah. And, and your piece is very important that you're playing within the yes. community, so don't forget that. You're killing it. Yeah. That actually means the, the most. Thank you. Yeah. So talking as a patient, what's your favorite thing about our market and just our community here in Oklahoma? I love that you can have a dream and go out and chase it. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, wow, I, you didn't even flinch no on hesitation. that one. No, I love it. I mean... Um, Thank God I have the team I have around me, and thank God I have had jobs in the past that I put money back. It was 401ks, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's more than just $2,500 to start whatever you're going to start. Yeah. But I was thankful I didn't have to bring on any outside help help that mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have the passion or drive or know how in cannabis. And so yes. um, that's what I like about, even though it's a blessing and a curse to some because yes there's so many of us but it allowed a 30 what was i 33 34 year old at the time to make the jump yeah and, and it's your choice to stand out how you want to you how know you want to. Mm-hmm. yeah it's and, up to you yep that's cool as shit morgan you're killing it we're proud of you so we like to ask everyone this question what's the stigma you'd like to see changed around cannabis i mean i would just love it if um the elders the older generation the bible belts the, the 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 preachers the youth pastors the all the people that i was influenced by growing up would and you don't have to love it they don't have you mm-hmm. don't just kind of accept why i do it or why people do it and that this isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. and yes. that um you know you can still have your own personal whatever but don't don't be judgmental um towards people because enjoy or consume cannabis yes try to be open-minded and educate yourself instead yes so i agree very well said yeah well i think this wraps up today's episode guys yep do you have anything you'd like to add morgan before we hop off here thank you for having me i know uh it's 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 great to see people like yourself um that i was friends with before all this and now to see how um passionate you are about your your little piece of the pie in the cannabis industry yeah. and yeah. keep doing y'all keep doing you this is i, I listen to it every week Thanks, every time Morgan. i can oh, real one. To, yeah. double down some weeks um but, <laughs> i love that but, yeah they, <laughs> keep keep it going i love this podcast thank, thank you, you so morgan we're love. so grateful you took time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today we loved getting to chat with you and hear your perspective Thank you to everyone out there listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.